Hello, welcome back to another episode of the Estonian Football Podcast. We are very honoured and excited to welcome Estonian legend Joel Impera. Thank you for coming on, Joel. How are you doing today? I'm okay, though. It's uh, snowy and looking forward for the new season, but uh, lots of stuff going on now in Estonia. So, kids, dogs, uh, soccer, football, uh, looking looking really for the season and uh, sunny weather again. So that brings us on to the first question then. Kalev now being in the Premier League, obviously circumstances over the last two weeks have changed, but how excited are you for Kalev being in the Premier League? Uh, I mean... Uh, it's a tough question. I've been going it through every day. So uh, we are we are really excited to get the place. But same how uh, always, uh, if you want to be really professional, you have to prepare. As a former f- professional football player and now the club sporting director and uh, board member, so I'm really, really a little bit worried about if I can manage to get all the things right. Most likely not. It's quite impossible to get three in three weeks everything going well. But I mean, uh, our focus is just to do our best. And, uh, and for us, it has been uh, quite easy, easier step than all the other clubs because uh, we wanted to go up. And uh, we did everything last year. Unfortunately, the last game of the league decided that we were uh, had to play the promotion games. And uh, December, early December, we already put the plans, what we're going to do, plan A, plan B. So if you're there, and then we had that plan B going on. And now in February, in February, uh, the plans changed. So we had to go back to plan A. So, <laughs> so actually, actually... We had some plans and uh, many, we had uh, players who we wanted also to, to top divisions, we couldn't get them. And also a uh, little bit uh, confusing times, really busy times, but uh, we are excited because we do our best. And if it works out, then we would be really happy. So did you have like a list of players that you wanted to have if you stayed in the ESA Liga and then the list of players if you did, you know, win the game against Mardu or Temeca to go up? Was there a list of players there that you thought, right, we want? And then obviously most of them have probably gone now since. Yes, uh, for sure. And already before the end of the season, some players who were uh, corporation with other clubs, also with some players we were looking already before the end of the season, already November, we knew that they're not going to continue in their clubs and we, we would uh, like to have them. But uh, this didn't happen with, uh, let's say, I can say just a number, three players. We agreed already that if we go to top division, we're going to have them and none of them are today in our club. So they are in other Premier League clubs and uh, it's because they couldn't wait uh, longer than uh, the pre-season and start of the January. So that that's the way it is. But we, like I say, most likely we're going to have our team completed two, three days before the kickoff, the season kickoff. Also this year, the kickoff is quite early. I remember when it was 6th of March, it gives an extra week. Today, now this season, it's 1st of March. It's already, we're losing one week. But... Uh, <laughs> I'm not worried about it because we have also uh, most of the team completed and uh, we're going to have uh, three, four, uh, three to four additions uh, coming week for sure. So that, that will make uh, most, of the, most of it. And, uh, and then we're going to enjoy the pro- progress uh, and uh, set up uh, more focus on uh, July's transfer. Sure. What would you say would be a successful season then for Kalev? Survival or just no, competing? Uh, I, mean, I mean, in these circumstances where we are now, uh, three weeks ahead, going from uh, lower division to top division, I think uh, if you manage to stay in the league, it's successful. Yeah. But always as a professional, we aim uh, top top six as the number six position. In my eyes, we are able to do it if we can manage to do everything okay in July. Because uh, COVID has affected all the teams now and affected us also. I think we're going to miss... Uh, it's, it's the worldwide news every day. So And it has been three years, so we can't get away from that. So... I think first one of two games we're missing uh, uh, three to five lineup players because of the COVID. They got just yesterday or day before uh, positive PCR tests. 
and uh, 10 days away. So the league starts actually in uh, eight to nine days. So no practices with the team and everything. So, but uh, yes, I can answer you like this. We, we are really happy to work on staying in the league, but we aim to be first time uh, since we've been in the club, seven or seven or six position. So, so and it all depends on me and coaching staff and the club, how we react on uh, on the process, what comes before the summer and uh, throughout the summer till the end of the season, because we have many games and uh, a lot of points will be decided in Estonian Premier League, Premium Liga, uh, end of the season. I've seen it, so so uh, season goes, 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 but uh, many changes will be in the table in the last five to six games, probably. Our fans would be happy to hear that. We've, we've gained a lot of Talina Kalo fans on, on our social media. Thanks. Um, thanks. That's right. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> would you say that the league seems weaker this year? We've had a lot of people say to us that the league seems weaker than it did last year. It is. I, I might say this, and it's. Uh, uh, I know it, and that's, uh, if anybody says different, most likely they are wrong. I've been in this uh, uh, now for five years after playing professionally and following all the leagues now. And uh, some teams, uh, they drop down because of economic uh, situations like Viljandi Tulevik from Estonia. They had lots of foreigners. They had a strategy. They had good coaches and uh, they were doing a really good job. And uh, then also one other team, uh, Mardu, they dropped down because we get the place. But uh, they've been always, I mean, in a top division, they have never been successful. So I don't count them. But also some other teams, they might be weakened. And uh, also why we say the league is weakened a little bit, because a lot of teams have cancelled many preseason games. We cancelled the game yesterday uh, because of the many COVID issues. Uh, I know uh, some teams like Narva Trans uh, borrowed from other clubs on a uh, two weeks ahead on a preseason game from other clubs players just to play a friend games with somebody so and also uh, teams are asking because other teams are not replaying asking us to play on a coming week the last last week uh, last preseason game and they don't have enough players and uh, i mean it's all the sporting directors club uh, uh, people who are working every day with it we are worried but we are all in the same situation so uh, with the with the just uh, putting the team together uh, we are only one who is behind. All the other teams have completed their uh, uh, teams already, I think, long time ago. But we, we, our team is not even completed. And now we have also COVID issue. And uh, we had last trialists coming in last uh, week. And they got also positive, <laughs> uh, positive COVID PCRs. So couldn't able to see them, and it's it's a uh, it's a quite of a crazy world today, and also in sports world. So so everywhere, but uh, we live with it, and what when we do. So uh, better to look forward what we can do in the future. But the league, the league is in my eyes definitely weaker. Do you feel like so like the the top four, so Flora, Lavadia, Pida? And Kaoyu, that they're just starting to like become like the big four, and then the rest are just falling behind. I think uh, obviously, obviously, like last season, uh, Flora, Levadi, and Paida will most likely go on their own way uh, the whole throughout the season. Of course, there can be can be issues for both teams, but I think uh, I think they they have a squad even. Uh, even with COVID or uh, not COVID, they have a squad that don't affect too much throughout uh, most of the season. So let's say they, if they affected out of 36 games, six games it, in a point count, uh, it don't affect too much. So obviously you're very busy at the moment, trying to get players in and say doing all the other things upstairs with Kalev. Does does Ragnar help you out? Is he allowed to, considering he's still playing? Or Oh, Ragnar has helped me out from the first day we came into the board together. So uh, the only issue is I, I I still he's a good friend of mine and we talk every day. We even chat yesterday. Uh, I was visiting uh, my parents. He was at uh, with kids home. So he hit COVID third time already in one year. So <laughs> unfortunate guy. Unfortunate guy also. And uh, the only only thing what I cannot uh, get him is uh, give him a contract to play in color. So. <laughs> Everything else is uh, committed every day with me. 
especially it was even much easier when he was a professional player in Liverpool or uh, Cagliari in Serie A because, you know, he was all the time uh, uh, traveling with the team in the hotels, uh, staying before the games, relaxing. So then we had the many long chats. But now he's also active back in Estonia. He's uh, meeting uh, a little bit people, but also uh, getting involved in uh, projects, what we have in the future. So I'm really happy to have him next to me and close to me that we can connect it. And uh, I think uh, he's the guy also we need in, uh, in Estonia and in Estonian sports that uh, if you want to do some larger projects, he's the guy who's definitely... <coughs> behind it and uh, as a t- as together we we can make a good unit and uh, very happy that he's involved every day's uh, work and since and uh, i have to tell you that since he's uh, not uh, joining the Kalev this season because i know his quality and the Kalev is not today his quality yet so that that's that's uh, for me as a sporting director also it's really really realistic if you can play higher but you want to play in Estonia, you have to play in one of the top teams to help the teams better compete in Europe. It's money for the small league, it's reputation and everything. And also, if it does good in other clubs, it's good reputation for Kalev because he's our club president. Sure. But uh, he's really active to find also a player in the center defense line because uh, that's, that's the weakest link now we have that we need to secure a little bit. We have higher players who can be really in top in Estonian league in uh, forward uh, lines. But in the defence lines, we still, and Ragnar is very active working with me to get uh, somehow uh, for our team with our needed uh, defence line uh, replacements for him. So how easy is it to recruit players from abroad to join teams like Kalev? Obviously, last season you were in the ESA Liga and you had a couple of Americans join you. Is it difficult to recruit foreigners to come play in like the second division, but a bit easier now that you're in the Premier League? No, uh, no, actually not. But the thing is, uh, I have players coming in throughout the season from everywhere, from Africa, from my friends. I played in different clubs, different nations, national team players together. Many of them work as a coaches, work as a club. We have uh, quite huge. I have built up the network uh, with coaches around the Europe, and uh, but uh, I have players coming in even to the club, and even for me, players coming in and out, uh, emails, uh, CVs, uh, uh, proposals, uh, working. But we set already the target in the start end of uh, January when we knew that uh, end of January we knew that we're gonna be in the second division that we're gonna push mostly with the, our players because uh, last year we had the Nigerian guy, American boys and stuff. So uh, we agreed already that we're going to need few, we're going to keep maybe the international players, going to also make some additions from international and keep. But then we stayed easily and then we thought, okay, uh, due to the COVID, a lot of restrictions, a lot of missing games, everything. And uh, I postponed all the, all the activity on the international market. And then suddenly, uh, when we got there, it started really quickly moving again. But we were focusing on different positions, uh, what are our needs, what, how it gets together with our budget and everything. And somehow it's an urgent, urgent job, but hopefully we managed to get somebody in. Uh, but it's really, of course, we had already international trialists in. Uh, and we haven't made the uh, option yet if we can uh, have them or not, because like I told you, the league starts one week earlier than it used to be. So also I'm, uh, I, I'm now working really hard every day to get the final conclusions. But uh, yes, also with me and Ragnar and me in the league, I have proposals. It doesn't matter if you are first league, second league, players want to come to our club because even in Asi Liga, we've been uh, staying in the top, all the time from the first day of the season. So Kalev have, we'd say, a decent production with youth players. You know, a lot of players going abroad to Italy, you know, other countries. Is that something you're proud of? I'm most proud of in my whole after playing career because uh, uh, we, we already knew that if we took uh, the club over five years ago, so more than five years ago, 
we knew that if we're going to push only for the first team and results, most likely we we cannot, as a former players, we cannot uh, provide uh, a good youth system work. We cannot provide and focus uh, on tryouts, on uh, networks, on connections. And uh, I think Kalev today has most trialists in last three years for the whole Estonian league, even the top clubs. So I know that our players were in, uh, youth players were in trial in December, in November, in September, in June. So, and hopefully we, I'm planning already to get uh, some more trialists maybe now or even in the summer youth players who will make uh, in reserve team as age 15 to 16 debut and hopefully they make already first team debut in the Premier League. And this has been really successful for us. So, so one of the players uh, I sent to us, Roma, uh, already t- uh, trained with Mourinho. So he's just, uh, he's turning, uh, I think he's turning uh, 18 this year. So uh, has been already two years, uh, one and a half year in AS Roma. Uh, the other boy just left to FC Porto, a signed professional contract. And we have new, few more interests. And uh, I think uh, this is this values of my job also, what I've been creating now, that uh, Kalev is for the youth national team and uh, European top clubs also target a little bit if the players are successful and staying there. Do you stay in contact with them once they've moved on? or? Yes, I, I'm working with them. I'm uh, helping them to get the career and also, I'm being part of them, uh, their project for the rest of uh, their career, hopefully. So, because uh, I think there's players uh, like our club, like our work, the parents and the movements, what we have done. So, uh, I, I will help them through me and Ragnar's knowledge, but I will help them uh, throughout their career if it's, uh, uh, if it's possible. And I don't, I don't see any reason why not. Going on to, you're talking about, you know, you want the players to come in at 15, 16, making first team debuts. You started your career, your debut at 15 years old with Cal Youth, relatively lower in the leagues at that time, and then jumped straight up to the Premier League. Was was the step up for you at that young age a, a big leap? No, I was I was ambitious and uh, working hard, did a lot of extra work. And then, then uh, 1999, I got the A national team debut when I changed out. I think Andres Oper, the uh, biggest top scorer in the Estonian national team history. And I just became 18, I think. And it was Tato Torres, an Icelandic coach, who took me to the national team. So, so it was a little bit different times. I, but I think the work rate has to be the same. So our former player, uh, who is now in England, Pascochi, he's a colored player and went to, from Kalev to Flora and Tottenham. And, and I think he made debut also in a national team as uh, age uh, 18, probably, or 17 even. Uh, end of 17 or 18. So it's kind of similarity what was mine. And I think if the players are really good and Estonian national team is playing this lower level Nations League Cups and qualification groups, so these players... What we're looking to forward uh, in the forward to be stars, Estonian stars, or even top league stars, they have to get their chance. And uh, I'm looking forward to the Estonian national team coaches count on those players more because in the end of the day, you need, like in our club, I want that my uh, younger players develop next to some experienced guys, good coaches and young guys. So the guys, I mean, uh, who, who is just in the team to strengthen one day or two days the team, I mean, this is, this is not uh, in our mentality or, uh, project. Of course, you need, the squad is always big, but in my eyes, I'm looking always perspective side. Which type of players will help the young guys? Which young guys will make the next step? And there is, there is a bunch of guys you need just today for for certain uh, certain time so i mean i mean uh, th- that's the way it is today when you were playing did you feel especially when you were younger you know you made your debut for estonia did you always know or feel like you'd have the career that you had like a really successful career yes i mean i mean uh, i didn't think about anything else than being a professional and just play i wanted to play and i wanted to get playing time 
And throughout all my career, I actually have thought behind. And if you look at my stats in every club that when I went, I was, I was willing to leave after second time being on the bench or third time because uh, I just wanted to play and I thought I'm good enough to play in a, in a team where uh, the team and coaches like me. And uh, this worked out for me. So if I didn't do too well, I made quick changes on my playing time, on my attitude, everything that to get uh, back to my position. And, uh, and maybe, maybe it has been different when I played in Premier League in England or at one of the top four European leagues. So maybe it's a different situation. And then I didn't know how it goes. But on my level, I did everything to play. And same with, same with national team. So you've, you've played in Estonia, you've played abroad. You went to Tromsø in Norway. Yes. Which is up in the Arctic Circle. Was being from Estonia, you know, on the Baltic Sea, was that, like, was that easy to adapt up there in the cold? Actually, yes, because uh, artificial and uh, also, I'm taking some water, sorry. Actually, artificial grass, what we already train here, all the teams on a pre-season, spring and sometimes when it snow goes down and fall. So most of the stone and leaks on artificial grass, like half a year at least, at least six months. So so, so with uh, all, all the pre-season and league and everything. So, But for me, it was also about the team and coaches. Coach was a playing former player from AC Milan, Stenner and also players from different nationalities, uh, Canadian national team players, players from Brazil, players from Finland, players from uh, top players from Norway. We had Bosnian keeper from Bundesliga. We had a quite good squad and I think we were competitive all those three years. And even we got the bronze. We got, I think, fourth place, sixth place compared to what Tromso has been a long time ago or compared that Tromso is uh, fighting now last five seasons in the bottom of the league to stay out of the relegation. So, uh, no, it was easy. And uh, we had snow, but also what, what makes easier, because if it's a really dark time, we were always in Spain. So we had an off-season then I was home and then the January, February, before the league started in the middle of March this time. So we were mostly in Spain or uh, on a pre-season camp. So uh, going back and forth. So quite, quite easy. Speaking of Spain, you scored a goal against Athletic Bilbao in yes. like, Europe. How, how, how does that feel like in their stadium in Spain? Amazing. The old Bilbao Stadium. To be honest, I was uh, with the coaching education group now two times in Bilbao visiting the stadium and had a stadium tour. Yeah. And the people, the people recognize me who's working and make the tour tour for the coaches and stuff. So yeah. so it warm it warmed my heart. So even though they have a new stadium, but it was uh, it was this time a new stadium, but they're in the same place. And uh, since since the game day I haven't been I haven't been back Bilbao and last summer in April and in August I visit the same stadium, same place again. And uh, it's a memorable game. It's one of the uh, most important goals I scored. But somehow it lost me. Uh, it took me so much nerves, uh, tears in my in my eyes and everything. So on this day, uh, I had uh, offer before this game. I had offer already to stay three years more in Tromsø. It wouldn't been six years, and uh, we agreed if we're gonna win this game, game I will sign even tie, and I will sign the contract because then we most likely been in a European uh, group stage. But what happened, I scored a 2-1 leading call in the middle of second half. And, and uh, we lost in a late goals, plus minutes and 86 or 93 or something like that. We lost the game. I cried and uh, I told myself, that's it. I'm moving on. Doesn't matter what the club is offering for me. Even if they gave me a fortune, I would be gone there. My decision was made after the game. I was in tears and just had to do the next uh, writing as a player. So, but uh, yes, of course, uh, great moment, great feedback from me lately and also uh, 
many, many positive things from this time, also sad things. After, obviously, you said you, you rejected the contract for Trump, so you moved on to New York Red Bulls, um, a team filled with superstars, Thierry Omri, Tim Cahill, uh, Rafael Marquez, Juan Pablo Angel. Could we put you in that superstar list as well? You were well-loved out there, weren't you? Yes, we can yeah. do. The, only, <laughs> only, only, my, only my, my rating as a player, as a worldwide, and my, my, of course, my salary and rating as a worldwide was not so high. But compete with those guys for me really most challenging time in my career, and it was honored to play with those guys. And I know how much I worked. I enjoyed to play and train with those guys against other teams. And this made me feel that I learned a lot from them. It made me extra work to do an extra work to push myself every day. And then I understood it's not so difficult. I, I can be one of them. I'm just little Joel in pair from small country Estonia and never had chance to play in a really top leagues, even though when I played in Norway, I got proposal from Stoke City uh, to get on a loan. But my coach was from AC Milan, really tough guy, good guy. And we were playing European this uh, coming year. And he said, no, Joel, you have contract, you stay in the league. Uh, I think it was one of the momentums I could maybe be more ambitious and understood. But I was a team player. And same time, all the four years in my, uh, in my uh, career in MLS... I was top assist guy in the in my team for sure, and also in the league I was I think in top uh, five to top ten for sure. So so uh, I supported my team. I mo- enjoyed playing with them. I enjoyed when I did a nice assist or something. I wasn't the goal scorer never, though I scored many goals. I scored still, as a fact, uh, I scored even many goals for the Red Bulls. Did you, um, obviously you played consistently for Red Bull. I think you broke so many records for how many games you started in a row, how many minutes you played. You had MOS All-Star call-ups. Would you say it was like the best time of your career there? Oh yeah, definitely. It's, I couldn't imagine when I, when, when I, when I got into it, I was in this. In New York also, you don't know if it's Tuesday or Saturday. I just went to the games. I went to the different events, everything. I met so many superstars in the world different sports. Uh, they opened red carpet many times for me. And I, I was just a boy from Estonia. And I, I got like, I was in a, in a bath in a run. Suddenly, when it ended, everything sl- slowed down. Yeah. When this ended, it's like, oh, today is Tuesday. Today is Wednesday. But <laughs> yeah. before, I had no clue. It doesn't matter for me. And New York is with his, uh, also with his living style, with traffics, uh, uh Everything is uh, 24 hours. That's why they call it uh, maybe number one city in the world. So uh, this, this, uh, it is like this. So e- even though I was, I was on my own own way. And this, this, what I can say really, it was uh, maybe it was uh, this Tromso three years in Tromso. Before I was even Bulgaria, you know, and yeah. uh, and but even this Tromso three years in the mountains fishing, reindeers, playing there in North, nowhere to go really. Everything closes 4 p.m., 6 p.m. So I think this was a preparation to go really enjoy something. And these six years, you can take it together. Like three years in with, inside a fishing area, lots of salmon, lots of reindeers walking on the streets. <laughs> uh, polar pairs close by playing in a good team, good level, getting really this education as a Estonian player and then stepping into the superstars, uh, how can I say, this uh, uh, train. So so uh, that's bath. So uh, that's that's the way it is. So Would you say it was kind of like a culture shock for you going to New York? Because, you know, we're from like a, a small town in the southwest of England and I was in Istanbul in um, November. And for me, that was like, whoa, you know, like millions and millions of people just constantly walking around compared to our town of 10,000 people. You know, was that yes. like it for you going to New York? Oh, that's that's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. You know, I can tell you one thing, if anybody understands this, then in Tromso, I had like, let's say, hard practice. 
it uh, was quite cold there and something like that. So after training, sometimes I went out to my balcony. I lived on the first floor by the by the sea. So I just catch trout and uh, chill, talk to my friends, family, and uh, maybe have a coffee somewhere afternoon. And when I went to New York, everything takes time. Busy, traffic, moving, going there, seeing so much people, have so much things to discover, so so many places to go. And I'm an active person. And I think uh, being, being in a calm... Uh, quiet place like Tromso made me really like nice preparation. Now I have the energy from the nature of uh, mother of nature. Now I have energy for three years to be active 24 hours, three years. So uh, that was good. So even after the games, I felt really good. I had a really good preseason. I had really, uh, and, and uh, I think the, the playing with a, such a profiles like Henri Marquez Cahill, I think the quality was higher even than uh, the training's quality was higher even in the sometimes the league league this time of the games, you know, yeah. because we were really training good and playing well and the quality was so high. So, uh, so this and uh, for us, we were also other. We had Timo Tainio from A national team Finland. We had Roy Miller, A national team Costa Rica. We had uh, two Norwe- one Norwegian guy had uh, pre- presented national team, Swedish guy who was stepping into the national team, Dane Richards who was Jamaica national team starter. So uh, many, many, many great players, and also the quality in our inside the group was uh, raising the bar, and it was easy to take into the games. So you played with you named all those players there. You also played. I think you I believe you played with a player who played for one of our local teams, uh, Luke Rogers. Do you have any yes. memories of playing with him? Yes. Yeah. Luke. Luke moved into in our building. Also, we had four yeah. or five players in the same building. And but uh, with Luke was many many uh, strange things. You know, he had some uh, kind of uh, document issues. So even if he signed, he was not allowed into the country. Then uh, he was training separately, training somewhere. And it's, it's also ruins, you know, even if you sign the contract, you cannot ac- enter into the process like half a year. I think it took half a year. So so it's also very difficult for player. And uh, and it's mentally difficult, quality, lacking of quality, everything. So he stepped in. He was a special guy. He enjoyed every moment. I think he enjoyed himself and New York as uh, most maybe... There was one, one or two guys who enjoyed most themselves being in New York yeah. than all the all the soccer world. But he's a good lad. He was a good lad. So he was uh, very friendly, trying to work. He wanted to show off every day, but I think he he had uh, background issues and all these issues. What was uh, taking him all the most of the most of the glories away from him in the end of the day. Was he better than Omri? Uh, Henri is one of the greatest <laughs> players I've ever met. So as a player, I know when uh, it's it's not easy, but when you know that the first preseason he went to AC Milan and scored in a Champions League uh, game on a first or second touch. So how many players can do that? So he just went after the hour season ended. So we went on a vacation the next week. Already plays AC Milan. He plays in a Champions League, scores in the first. Uh, touch uh, coming into and I mean when he his focus was high his quality was there and that's why he's he's named one of the best strikers in the football history at all so when he when he had it he was there he was the man so Henri's probably one of the probably the best player you've played with who was who would you say was the best you played against mm. uh, I might say I, I always admired I have played most of the players, even Cristiano Ronaldo. I never may played against Messi, but uh, hopefully one day I can play against them in some charity game of, <laughs> or one day, but most likely not. So, but uh, I admired, admired, admired when uh, when I was uh, playing uh, as a number ten, uh, also national team, and uh, we played in uh, Wembley. 
against England. I think it was the second game for Wembley playing European team in uh, New Wembley. I think we lost. Uh, Mark Poom was there and uh, and we played. Uh, we lost for. Uh, we were like into the game. I could even. I made a shot and uh, was felting we are into the game. Then we got two on goals and everything. But Steven Gerrard, I admired. During the game, I admired his passing abilities. His passing was such a high class. And I remember, I don't know which year it was, 2003, 2004, something like that. It's been 18 years ago. But I just admire his passing ability was such a high level. I remember fights with Rooney, against Rooney. We have talked with Rooney because, you know, the haircut and everything. We met many times with Estonia and, and... (laughs) <laughs> and he's such a good lad and uh, I like him as a player but really I admired uh, Steven Gerrard's passing abili- abilities and I even on a somehow just it is it's in my head and it has been always in my head how strong quality passing he was during the game so so this is something special did you ever so you played against him did you ever like take from watching him play take tips and feel like right I can do that because I played in midfield as well when, well, for Sunday league stuff. And I remember watching Barcelona play once on the telly and Xavi was on the ball. And the commentator said he's already looking over his shoulder before he's making his next pass. So I thought, well, I can try to do that. Obviously not as good as Xavi, but did you see Jared and think, I'm going to try to take some of his game and pull it into, into mine? I'm, I've been following. And sometimes, sometimes, you know, I tell you, to be honest, Sometimes the things what we have done in Estonia a long time ago, our tradition of football at all is very pure. And as you know, the fan base, the traditions, the coaching qualities, the we have out of the whole career, we have maybe two high quality players for the whole uh, uh, country today who has played in the top leagues like Ragnar Klavan, our president, and Mart Boom. So uh, that that's it. And I mean, Finland and uh, Norway, they have more successful transitions for the before. So with Yari Littmanen and uh, uh, Solskjaer Flaws and all those guys. But it was a long time ago. And our and we had one keeper plus one player uh, in the last last decade. So so, but uh, our knowledge this time, long time ago, was already wrong. But uh, I see what they did, and sometimes my abilities was not anymore to get into there. I, I know that they they have done this throughout their career, be successful in those things. I had other things. I had, I think my passing feet, my crossing feet, I have been giving so many assists in the national team, my passing feet, my technique. So today I can go barefoot and hit from the 18-yard box line, 18-yard box crossbar. If I miss the first one, I will hit the second one. Even I haven't been in the practice for the last three, four years. So, so this is what, what you've been working. And I was lack of the right foot. But though, I have to tell you, with the one of the Norwegian uh, biggest strikers who played in La Liga and top scorers in the Norwegian league and played uh, national team of Norway, Sigurd Rushwell. When he came into the team, he was a captain, older guy. And I was younger, much younger than him. And he started to everyday practices. And I started to work with my right foot, what I was lacking and missing the whole my career. Because I did a lot of uh, home training, breaking uh, my grandmother's greenhouse classes, uh, hitting the garage doors, going out with friends, playing backyard uh, soccer, football. So all those things. But I used my left foot. And my left foot uh, is so good that I, if I go to training today, and the guys from youth national team, 16 to 17, I'm surprising how they can be not... Uh, how's my week is still much better than theirs. So, uh, what my leg. So, but but this is this is something what uh, it will ne- never go away. And maybe I got knowledge from them, the tactical knowledge, all those things. But my point is I started to work in Tromsø before moving to New York with my right foot. I learned from the best of our team, Sigurd Roswell, great goal scorer. I did with him uh, finishing, putting just placing the ball, placing the ball every day's reputation. Suddenly, I was in Tromsø's preseason top goal scorer. And I started this to work in the first third of January. And in the middle of March, 
I scored five goals on a preseason. Doesn't matter was it left or right, but it was consistent work, consistent work every day. And I went to New York, and the goal I scored for the Red Bull Arena. I know this, the game cost eight million dollars. There was Franz Beckenbauer, full stadium. I have my seat. The ball is there. I have my picture at Red Bull Arena. And this was amazing call with right foot. And uh, this was, was, you can always start working. With my back issues and uh, my body movements, I couldn't do those stepovers of the ball as a winger. Some wingers do, they do the stopovers. I couldn't never do it. And I didn't have the speed or quality of stretchment for doing this. And this was, was lack of me also. And uh, if anybody did it, I couldn't do it. Even I tried to practice it, but I wasn't. It looked uh, really comic. <laughs> <laughs> then, then, then somebody will uh, put me straight to Sunday League. So. <laughs> You're playing with people like <laughs> us instead. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you left America, then you just had like a brief stint in like the Czech Republic, and then you kind of retired quite young, I'd say, for a footballer. 30, was it? In- 30, what age was? Was 35, 34. Uh, 34-ish, I think, yeah. Um, was it an easy decision? No. Uh, I'm practicing now every day to make yeah. uh, thinking that uh, when the first team was practicing now, lately also I'm running and uh, I was now in a warmer climate with the coaches, six yeah. different coaches working around in the United States, from England, uh, from Australia, from Iceland, from uh, America, so was on the grass and felt like I want to go on a field again. Yeah. But uh, but the situation was that uh, in Czech Republic, there was uh, one thing. We were uh, almost, our club president got really good players, uh, youth national team players, perspective players. Milan Baros was coming there. I was coming there, invested a lot of money, put the team together. And then suddenly, some of the guys, they got really good. They sold them and never got replacements. So uh, I left. I wanted to leave the club. And I said, I don't want to be in a club because he sold the players to top clubs, Slavia, Prague, uh, uh, Austria, Wien, uh, uh, Austria. Uh, and then also one boy was from, uh, he has been before in Bolton Wanderers. So uh, Jan, uh, Jan Gregus, then he went to FC Copenhagen. And uh, there was no replacement. The money was taken from the board and the team was left uh, with... Uh, and uh, we were half of the season on the fourth place. We were really unlucky to get some losses. We even beat away Sparta Prague, big clubs in uh, Prague. And, and then I saw no changes coming. And after the... I got the big head injury also. And after after the... A few months of the getting into the second part, uh, I saw I saw that uh, I have to leave uh, because I was really ambitious and the teammates and the team I was going into as a player was not the same from uh, just because of uh, Czech Republic team is split out on the middle of the Christmas time in January and then I started to have this. Uh, Back issues. I knew that if I want to play with my kids, if I want to coach, if I want to run and do those things, I have to go to spine surgery. I have I have had many huge spasms in my career, and I've been even missing the planes in the airport. Just couldn't take my back and stand up. So my lower back spines. You know, some of the players have had knee issues, and uh, some of the ankle issues, and all those things. I never had a, I had one ankle, but it was like a tackle, you know. But yeah. I never had a knee issues, knee operations. So I had my groins, but was three times operated, two times in Germany by the world best doctor in Munich, Dr. Muschavek. And uh, my, I think it's all because of my lower spine was damaged. And I, I start to get uh, one of the spine pieces out and getting onto the nerves. And I didn't want to go to operation. Because I was always playing, 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 playing. And then then uh, the retirement was already together with operation. And it was a plan. So uh, I was... Sometimes it happens like quickly. Okay, I don't find the club. I'm not going to play more. I don't want to play more. 
and mine was like we made a step by step I was getting more prepared for that I'm gonna play a little bit more and see how I feel if I maybe should keep continue I'm gonna prepare my testimonial game for national team and to be after that I'm going for the spine operation so it was it was mostly planned but uh, though from the day one I've been missing the natural grass and summer good weather and being on the pre-seasons and there so but the doctors told me a national team doctor big uh, surgeon in Estonia and uh, and also they told me that if you want to still do uh, activities and everything if you want to keep your back till the end of your life or somehow protect it then don't run on asphalt don't play too much on artificial grass don't stand too long in one spot so my back uh, is weak and uh, if I run on a really or make three trainings on the hard turf field on a cold weather it gets affected and I get uh, need a special treatment again so uh, also last two years in uh, United States because it's lots of traveling lots of time frames different stuff so long distances many issues get uh, many players from Europe top leagues uh, even in our team uh, team Cahill, Team Utania, they got uh, hamstring issues. But I went two years in a row uh, for acupuncture. Every week, two years in a low, row, I went, went to acupuncture just to relax my back and spine muscles and uh, and just to get... This was my treatment. So with the hamstrings, groins, all muscles, I've been really okay. I barely had uh, one cramp in uh, maybe in two years. So, But this, this was the issue also. Sad. Well, hopefully you everything will be all right um, yes. for the future. Talking about the Estonian national team, you got over 100 caps, a huge achievement. How would you say that compares with your career, having 100 caps for your country? Yes, a lot of people admire it's a big achievement. And then I see, then I say as a professional, sometimes it's a, we have many players, more than 100 caps. And it's yeah. just lack of quality of players. So, so competition, and that's why Estonia in this situation today, that we're still looking the young guys stepping in, where we are in the table in the FIFA ranking, and where we are now in the group stages everywhere. So this is obviously the result. And in Norway, you get 40 games, or I don't know what about Spain or somewhere else. So there is special players always. But I mean, in my eyes, I would. That's why I do everything for the youth also that a national team or national team will be strong and there will be players really high reputation and it won't be any more 100 games. It will be 70 games maybe for Estonia or 75 games to get this honoured by the federation. And I know in Norway it was 40 games. I don't know what about today. If you get 40 games, you are the member of the like a, a really high class player and stuff like that. So, so for me, for me, there is uh, too many players around this in Estonia. But of course, we are we are a small country and that. But also, if if I was more doing other things and going even not my way, it could be more because in one year also I most likely didn't come to any games because of the league. And MLS is different. So I had people understood this, who understand football, who were my friends. So what was really funny, one of the years, I think it was even 2010, the coach understood me. National team is uh, honor to do something. But you have the everyday's daily work also. And if you don't work or if you don't play in your club, then you won't be used in a way in a national team. And it's this makes... and. I know many days when uh, I played uh, three o'clock at uh, maybe three o'clock one day, uh, Sunday, I played one o'clock at MLS for the Red Bulls. It was seven times, uh, seven hours time difference or six sometimes. And then nine o'clock started a national team game and I wasn't there because MLS schedule was in this time when I went there exactly the game days with national team breaks, they do, didn't count them. And uh, and uh, if it was, uh, wasn't, uh, and it was difficult to go, the time frame. And if I played Wednesday, uh, national uh, MLS, and the game was Saturday, four days before the team met together, three, four trainings before the game, then I had to travel back to Europe. And the jet lag is seven hours, long flights, overlights. And then I'll be one day late there, I have two days and medically also one day per one hour to recover 
And after the game, sometimes it was one game, sometimes it two games. Then I had to go back other jet lag and go there. And most likely when I went back after that, I'm missing the games in the league. I'm the coach is not going to use me in this. And then what's what's the help from me for the national team? So everybody who understands a little bit traveling, working in uh, top clubs, they understand me. But uh, there was also haters who couldn't understand. So I'm going there. I'm doing that. And uh, now I'm not there anymore. What would you say was the best game you uh, played in with Estonia? <sighs> the best play game where I played, maybe when we played Brazil home, maybe because we lost only 1-0. They had a top team, really. I played against Mike Korn this time, a big, big player, and they had really good team. They're coming only for one game for the Europe for the whole year. Also, I can say, let me think now. I know the hardest game ever was against uh, Croatia away. I puked on halftime. We played 0-0 qualification game against all the big stars in Croatia this time. Tavor Sukar and all those other players who was there. But the best game I played... It's a tough question. I think nobody asked ever like this. So, I don't know, maybe against Portugal a long time ago. Maybe when we were really into the game on a second uh, and we could take 1-0 lead even on the second half. And uh, in the end of the game, Cristiano Ronaldo as a young player came in and I played against Teco in the midfield. Traded jersey with him also. So, so I, I think this game also might be one of the best. But I have to go through with it. But most memorable club game was definitely New York Red Bull Arena opener. So it was, a, I first scored the first goal ever. And uh, we played against Santos with Neymar. And it was the uh, uh, last, last half of the season when Neymar moved to Barcelona. Nice. So, so and I scored the opener of the brand new arena. And, uh, and I'm, I'm always there now. Brilliant. Nice bit of history. We'll move on the wrap up then. We're going to do quick fire questions. We got, I think it's about 10 questions. We're going to ask you a question. No thinking on the answer, straight out, whatever. All right. Blue. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So if you could sign one player for Talina Kalev, currently playing in the Premier League, who would it be? Ragnar Glavin. Okay. Uh, maybe next season? Uh, Messi. Because. <laughs> I, I, I can explain it just because because I played against Cristiano Ronaldo. Yeah. Uh, I played with Henry and everything. But I heard Messi is better in training than games. So, from the players. Yeah. And I want to see his trainings. Sure. Daily by day by day. I've seen him in the game, but I want to be see him in the trainings. Yeah. That's Good. the reason. We'll try sort it out for you. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> Uh, who do you think is the best player in the world currently? Uh, Mane. Okay. You've kind of shocked me on that one. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not because I saw that. I, I just uh, had the picture on my with his. In, he's laying on a bed with his trophy. You know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. I, yeah. And and he's just a great lad. And I yeah. was thinking there is there is okay because you you caught me this Mbappe also. <laughs> 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 sure. um, what's your go-to snack uh, goat I can't think okay Big Mac, Mac <laughs> nice <laughs> if you were transformed into any animal what would you be and why my dog he has such a great uh, heart and uh, he's from America and uh, from shelter so uh, he has last last uh, weeks or last months to stay with me. He's turning nine. So uh, really sad time for me. But he has yeah. been supporting me in MLS, supporting me in Czech Republic, coming back home. And uh, he's been at the stadium so many times. So I wish I can be such a good guy as him. Dogs are great, aren't they? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to cry now because uh, yeah. he got home from uh, urgent care yesterday and uh, he's staying his last time with us. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. But okay, yeah. nothing to do. He yeah. was amazing support for me as a player. So next one. So if you could choose one song to play every time you walked into a room for the rest of your life, what would it be? It would be from Michael Jackson something, and uh, uh, maybe 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 Michael Jackson, maybe Moonwalk or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. 
But definitely Michael Jackson. Would you? Definitely. I've seen the movie and I have uh, all the albums and everything. So would you do the moonwalk into the room at the same time as well? I uh, know I'm too. I'm not flexible. Everybody knows me. Even no. in Stone, I'm not flexible. I'm. Yeah. I will be like the worst comedian to doing the moonwalk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, would you rather travel to the past or the future? Uh, to the past and change the things what I could do better at this time. What would you change? Things where I could do better as a athlete and my career and everything. So where I could have options or do something, change small details because I'm trying to be really detailed. Also, every detail counts to be high profile player. Even my my players who has gone to top leagues like FC Porto or AS Roma. But I know how make how much work makes to make every small detail change to become best of the best. And uh, I was not the guy or I didn't have the knowledge to do that. Today I know have the knowledge, I know the things. And if I go back myself as a player or a professional player even I would change some things and uh, try if it works out and I, I I'm quite sure it would work out past with uh, making starting with some things making uh, changes what would you choose as your last meal on earth and it's not allowed to be a big mac uh, my own barbecue I'm a, I like Estonian barbecue because I was also living 10 years away and Estonian summer barbecue. And I like to uh, cook the meat and even I tried it uh, back in the winter time in America, USA. But I'm a quite good uh, chef uh, cooking the meat in a grill uh, in Estonia and my own barbecue. How much does the amount of traffic affect your mood? Uh, not too much. I was getting used with it. So uh, when I, when you're being in a different environments, you somehow start to accept all the different. In Norway, there was four cars uh, in one hour. Uh, in Czech Republic, there was uh, in a winter time no cars at all. So where I stayed, and in New York there was traffic, and uh, I had to count to training if I'm going from 25 minutes to one and a half hour. So it's a quite big time frame. And when you are in a different environment, you have to start to accept those things that somebody's rushing, somebody, sometimes it's traffic, sometimes it's not, sometimes I'm late. So I'm better, I'm better uh, putting a blame on myself that I should avoid situations when I don't have to rush in traffic. But also traffic, I'm, I'm a little bit claustrophobic and the traffic's in metros or trains or like, concerts or games like in a tunnels or somewhere but th- this traffic gets me crazy people and, traffic uh, i i'm trying to avoid it yeah. it gets me claustrophobic and crazy and i can can get nuts uh i have to get out so so on this so yes uh what's your worst habit worst habit is uh to do five things in one time my wife tells me also so uh, maybe worst habit is that uh, somebody's calling me, I'm telling him something, then other, other people, and I'm already, somebody's asking me to do everything or email coming in, and I'm trying to, my worst habit is that to be, to run the club, you have too many issues and everything. So my habit is to help everybody to be involved in everything. So this is the worst habit. Sure. And the last one, what's your favorite word? So like an Estonian word or an English word? Mm. Magister Nikes. Okay. <laughs> it, it don't mean nothing. No. But uh, when I play with my kids, we tell sometimes this word. Okay. Nobody understand it. Nobody <laughs> understand it. And it's so funny. And uh, sometimes we just cuddle with the boys and I have twin sons and I have three sons. So sometimes yeah. we cuddle and do that. So nobody ever heard it before and nobody understand what it means. And it's because of me and my sons, my so twin what, boys. So what is it again? Magister Nikes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Um, Brilliant. Awesome. Anyway, Joel, thank you for coming on. You know, when when we started this podcast last year, we didn't think you know we'd ever get anyone like you to appear on and speak with just you know a couple of brothers from England um you know we are honored um we were very nervous before the start of it you know it was like cool you know don't, Joel don't in there. yeah don't worry <laughs> next time we have a beer together and we 
I'm sitting in a bar, you and uh, you're sitting in a bar, and you still have you need to have still the Estonian flag behind. So it yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's great. That's great. So yeah, we're coming out to Estonia in um, April to catch a Kalev game, providing the fixtures don't don't change. Yeah, we're looking forward to that. Definitely. Yeah. You're welcome as my guest. <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much. Yeah, thank you for coming on. We really appreciate it. Good luck for the season. Hopefully it goes well, as sex- successful as it can be. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys, inviting me. And uh, hopefully nothing will change here in this world, in this, this random world, and I'll see you in April. Yeah, yeah. amazing. Yeah. Thank yeah. you very okay. much, Joe. Thank you, Joe. Bye. Cheers. Bye. Cheers. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye.